Let's turn in the Word this morning. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. As I'm doing that, I'll just make a couple. Hebrews, chapter 11. I want to just say we heard yesterday that from Brother Jim Nyamichi. He had surgery. He's been released from the hospital, and he's back home. He says he's moving much, much slower, many more precautions in place. But he said, thank God I'm alive. And I didn't quite understand all of his text to me, but he said, I felt like I was going to meet Brother Samson Tay. I felt like I could almost touch him and feel him, but God decided it wasn't my time. You know, one of these days, there will be the last one that will go by way of the grave. There'll be no more that'll go by the way of the grave. When God sees that, after that moment, there's only one other way for us to go. It'll be through a rapture. Oh, aren't you looking forward to that? So... We thank God for that. It's nice to see Sister Bethia here. She's a little sore. We had prayer for her on Wednesday, but we're happy you're here. We're happy God's dealing. May he continue healing. Healing is a process. And uh, also if I, well, let's just read the scripture, and then uh, we'll also bring a request or two toward the Lord. So Hebrews chapter 11, let's start the reading this morning in verse 32. Verse 32. And I want you to think not of this as history, but I want you to think of yourselves in this reading this morning. It's called the faith chapter. And what what shall I more say? For the time would fail to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson, of Jephthah, and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. How could that faith work except there wasn't some lions that got in the way? How could that faith except there was some kingdoms that didn't stand in God's purpose? It had to be something negative to bring out a positive. And he says, they quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. And I love this next verse. Out of weakness were made strong. Oh my, if you ever think you're weak, take the words of the prophet. When the weakest saint gets on his knees to pray, the devil trembles. I've used that. I said, Lord, I feel like I'm the weakest, but there's a promise. And he says, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, and moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. 
Now, now these are the conditions out of which God's going to bring forth a perfect people. Out of these conditions. And, and if you had placed that picture before the world, they would act like Pharaoh. That's God's people? Yeah, that's God's people. And the next verse says, of whom the world was not worthy. This morning, <laughs> it's the same thing. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. In other words, there had to be another chapter in this that somebody was going to fulfill. I say by grace, I'm happy to be a part of that. Let's just take, Paul really does continue the thought into the next three verses of chapter 12. So let's read those. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, there was an end goal. He endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. We all need admonishment. We all need encouragement. We all need to be reminded. And this morning we want to do that. I want to just bow in a word of prayer. At this time I just want to make a couple of needs known. Uh, Brother Solomon Clark uh, is out in British Columbia. He had a collapsed lung. He was in the hospital. I talked to Sister Hannah, his mother. He had an operation and he's due to come out today. But it was serious. It's been a condition he's gone through for a while. We remember him. Also out in British Columbia... Brother Abe Pinar is a minister with Living Word Assembly. He suffered a stroke yesterday, and he's in the hospital in serious condition and needs our prayers. He's had many challenges, diabetes, different things. And then this morning we heard that Brother Javon Prakash, many of you know, passed away. We want to remember these needs, others that are in our midst. Shall we pray together this morning? Heavenly Father, we stand here represented by many needs, many earthly afflictions, many situations, many circumstances. And Lord, if we would look at these alone, we would be of all men most miserable. But Father, there's a great hope that lies within us. That hope, O oh Lord, is a spirit you've placed within. It's the hope of the resurrection. And Lord, it's not just a resurrection to come, but it's that we have a Savior, we have a friend, we have a comforter, we have a healer, we have one who walks with us, we have one who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. 
Father, this morning we are going through the greatest battle that's ever been fought. But we're standing here at our post of duty. Lord, your people have gathered together. We have all come together. Lord, we, we ourselves can't comfort and help one another. But Lord, we're depending on you. Father, we want to thank you for your grace. And Lord, we remember these needs that have been mentioned, the hands that have been uplifted. Lord, remember Brother Solomon. We remember him before the throne of grace. We also remember Brother A.B., Lord. Father, he's labored. He's a minister of the gospel. He's been faithful. He's suffered. He's gone through many things. And Lord, this morning, he needs you. Father, we ask you, go to him in that room. Lord, we're reminded that you've healed other people. You've brought other people. We're asking, may he recognize there's a great comfort. There's a great cloud of witnesses, but there's a great number on earth right now that are praying for him. Father, and we thank you also for the life of Brother Prakash, all the work that he did. He's from India. He set up many orphanages. He set up many churches. Lord, he's done his portion. He's gone to his reward. May you be with the family. We thank you for the life that was lived. And now, Lord, as we just open the word, spend now this time in the word we ask, come, Holy Spirit, just minister to us. Be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. I'm going to also read from Psalms chapter 40. If we can turn to that, Psalms chapter 40. This is David speaking. I, I love the Psalms. David is so transparent many times if I'm going through an up or a down. I read the Psalms because I identify with what David went through. David says in verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my goings. David knew where he came from. He called it a horrible pit. He called it the miry clay. But he says, something drew him out of that. And he said, he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respects not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward which cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. So David knew where he came from, but he was looking to where he was going. He didn't look on the circumstances of life. He didn't, he didn't fall back on them as an excuse or as a reason, but he looked to the end and where he was going. He says... Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. There's something God has a picture of every one of us. That ought to be our motivation. More than our circumstances of life. More than what's around us. And he says, I delight to do thy will. 
O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Verse 11, withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken a hold. It doesn't mean the minute you are drawn out that you don't fight with your flesh, that you don't fight with circumstances or situations. On the contrary, they're with us. And, and, and we contend with them. But we are more than conquerors. He says, So that I am not able to look up, they are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Verse 17 but I am poor and needy, the Lord thinketh, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer, make no tarrying, O my God. I'd like to speak this morning on faith that is drawn from the miry clay. And I want to use this as a bit of an encouragement and an admonition. And I, I, I want us to be able to look up, because our redemption is drawing nigh. And I want us not to to fall on what the devil is doing to the whole world, providing discouragement, disappointment, dismay, and all these things. But I want us to look unto the Lord. I had a little clip somebody sent me this morning, and I just thought, I I'm going to show that at church. Because I'll tell you what, we're here this morning fulfilling the Word of God. But in this clip, you're going to see somebody also fulfilling the Word of God in extreme circumstances. And I don't know if Peter ever envisioned these kind of circumstances when he says, when he told everybody on the day of Pentecost, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is somebody who fulfilled the word of God despite the circumstances. Can you play this, Brother Mark? I just, I need to play this this morning. You may have gone through a great sacrifice to get here, but I need you to look at this. Давай. 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 Давай.
Куда ты полез? Отойди от берега. На нее прям совершить здесь. Благослови брату, укрепи. За славы имя Твоего. Аминь. 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 Now. <laughs> If you have any excuses about getting to church, Because something was in your way. You have nothing like that brother did. Apparently there was a Catholic woman standing on the side. She says, couldn't we just sprinkle him and then do it for real when it warms up? I'll tell you what. That's the way they used to get baptized. If the Lord comes, I got to get baptized now. Amen. I, I thought that was such an encouragement. So whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation You had faced nothing like they did. So somewhere over in Russia or Ukraine or wherever that was, God bless them for that. Amen. I, I just, I felt that needed to set us in the right order. Amen. Are you ready to have church this morning? Amen. Let's just go to our reading here this morning. So David would speak out of this horrible pit and he would talk about the circumstances. And, and, and as he does, I believe we can all identify it. And a brother shared with me, with me, and I've always thought about it. We all came from somewhere, and we're all coming from somewhere. None of us came from an ideal situation. None of us came from a place where there wasn't some circumstances or life. In fact, many times we came from less than ideal situations. Many times there were situations that were not comfortable in our life, maybe things that were grievous, to our life and things that cause us grief even to this day. Brother Manum would talk about it and even relating to himself. And he would talk about the thing that he had in his body, that, 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 that stomach pain that he had. And he says he related it not just to the physical, but it related to the spirit realm. And Lord willing, we'll, we'll go into this sometime. But he would talk about it and he'd say how his father had it, these spells they called him, and he says his people were high-tempered, and he says that's the kind that will kill you, and he says it would affect the women in menopause, they would cry and they'd get that weary feeling, he says the old-timers used to call it the blues, and he says and when it hits you, your stomach sours, 
you're just upset. And, and Brother Ram's talking to this doctor, but he said, sir, I didn't do nothing. I'm happy. And he said, this is the words of the doctor. He said, yeah, that's right. But that's just out of the human grab bag. You'll always have it. Oh, what a discouraging thing. Now think about that. We all carry something in our life. And maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's a situation we're thrust into. Brother Bannon would say, if he just stayed on that, oh, he would be the most discouraged man he knows. But he said, God gave him a promise and said, remember, he talked about this squirrel that, that jumped in. It's only six inches long. And he says that always stuck with him. It's only six inches long. He would go on to talk about different people that he encountered. And he would do it in the prayer line. And he says, how do you do, sister? Do you believe with all your heart? You are a victim of circumstances. It's been caused by a nervous condition. It's caused you to have a stomach trouble in your, in your stomach. You can't eat. you got an ulcer down there. Your food doesn't digest through your stomach right. Nothing seems to help. Is that right? Do you believe me to be his prophet? Well, if, if I know about your life, what is that? And you know good well, lady, I don't know nothing about you, only what I see. Now, Brother Branham is telling somebody about a condition that he himself has. And they're healed right in front of him, and he is the faithful servant right there. Think about that. He would also go on to say, and, he's, and he speaks this, and he says to somebody, life has not been easy to you. You've had lots of trouble. You had an operation once. And, and, and you got a bad habit right now that you shouldn't be doing. You're suffering with mental nervous, and you're smoking cigarettes. That's what's making you nervous. Do you realize that? Aren't you ashamed of yourself? That's the lowest thing a woman could do is smoke cigarettes. God hates it. Now, the same thing that Jesus knew the woman sin at the well, he knows yours. It's a secret to lots of people, but not before God. You know, Brother Branham would make something, and he would make something. When the devil is exposed, he loses his power. You know, and many times we, uh, our human nature, we try to cover, we try to stay behind things. But when the devil's exposed, there's a freedom, there's a release that comes with it. And he says, and Brother Branham doesn't just leave it there and embarrass her, but he says this and begins to pray. And he says, do you know the Lord knows about it? Will you give your life to him? Raise your hand. Lord Jesus, forgive her every sin. Take this away from this poor mortal here. Satan would let her butt her head against the side of a wall if he could. This poor little woman, frail, dying on her feet, Satan has done this evil, but your spirit is here to catch it. We must know the cure, the cause before the cure. Lord, forgive her every sin, and may the devil that caused her leave her tonight. Now, you, you can go through countless prayer after countless prayer, and I will say that hasn't changed you can say, well, that was under first pull, and that was under second pull. We're under third pull. We've got to stop thinking like that. 
We come out of the miry clay just like everybody else. You may have been raised in a message home. But you may have had things that carried over in the natural that you also need help with. Are you you're going to have to help me this morning? Uh, you know, amen. You know, you might not say, oh, Brother Ed, how'd you get on that topic this morning? I didn't expect that. Pull on the word. You don't know what'll happen. He'll talk to somebody else. Now, just listen to some of these. He, he would say, life hasn't been a flower bed of ease for you. Swinging between you and I comes a long, dark road, and I see you coming. There's something about the head. You're holding your head. It's headaches. Is that right? Say, aren't you a musician or something? Don't you play some kind of music or something? Some kind of string instrument, is that right? You know, God would never reveal something without having a solution, without having an option. God doesn't allow us to go into any kind of temptation without making a way of escape. Heroes of faith, how did they come about? Because there was a situation they could not handle themselves. And in the middle of that situation, somewhere faith began to take a root. He talks to somebody else. I'll just read one more for now. He says, your life hasn't been a flower bit of ease. You've had lots of sorrow, lots of trouble. You were praying the other day about the very same thing. You said you've got to get to a place that you believe God would heal you. That's your prayer, isn't it? And he prays, Lord, have mercy on this dying woman. You said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And he says, the doctors have done all they know how to do. But the devil has been hiding from the doctors. But Lord, he can't hide from you. You've exposed him here at the platform. And in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, leave the woman, come out of her. Now the gift of a prophet is not here. But the gift of the Holy Ghost, the word that is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart is still here. And he hear, and he can know where we are at any given moment. So I, I use those couple of things. I want you just to recognize we're in the same place. There's much in the human life that comes to dis, disappoint you, to discourage you, to dismay you. You know, if, if you actually look at all those words, dis, like there's a word, you know, that's, it's an adjective. It's added to the front of the word. It's, all, it's you know, but look at what it is. Appoint, to break the appointment, there's a disappointment. To courage, to have courage, there's something to discourage you. To, you know, something that maybe there's something to dismay that. So if the negative comes in front of it, there still is a positive behind it. There's still something that has to be there. There's a, a deep calling to the deep. You know, and, and sometimes we, I, I remember when God dealt with me and saved me, and I, I couldn't hardly bear to go to church. I said, I'm not good enough to go to church. You know, that's the kind of thinking the devil puts on you. He, you'll say, you know, and I, I rec didn't recognize, not everybody there else is, is good either. So, <laughs> wipe those halos off. You're not all good either. You know, and, and I, I say this, lest we lift up ourselves and get so self-righteous and you know, I, I believe it was to the Galatians that Paul had to speak. He says, 
you know, he writes this really nice letter to them in Galatians. Brother Mark, just put it up. Galatians chapter 1, I believe. You know, he says, oh, Galatians such and such. And then in, 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 in chapter 1, verse 4, he then just breaks, he breaks his prayer and, and he just says to them, uh, sorry, next verse, who gave himself, he makes this nice. And then in verse 5, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ. You know, he, he just is right flat with him. He says, and, and then go to chapter 3, if you don't mind. Chapter 3, verse 1 in Galatians. And, and, and Paul just, he, he, he has to tell them right away. He says to them in, in chapter 3, and he, he goes, goes into it in verse 1, and he says, Oh, foolish Galatians, he, he, would, he would say to them. And, and he would say, Who hath bewitched you? Before whose eyes that Christ has been set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Sometimes we start to fulfill our religion in the flesh. And in our own way of doing things. And We create this picture and this mindset I've got to do something now. No, it's the grace of God from the beginning. It's the grace of God in the middle. It's the grace of God in the end. It's grace, grace, grace. I need Him. I need Him daily. Man, I, I, and you know, lest we get, you know, maybe we've got to tear down a little bit just to get to the place where we're all on the same level. I'll tell you what, let God pull His hand back a little bit Let him take away his anointing a little bit. And you will see how little we are without him. I need him. I need him. I need him. Brother Harold, one of the best messages I've ever heard you preach is on God's order of animal life. The lower the form of animal life, the less the offspring need their parents. The higher the form of life, the more the offspring need the parents. A lizard lays hundreds of eggs, never sees the father and mother. You know, frogs, all, you know, all do the same thing. Fish, maybe different ones. But you get into mammal life, they need to nurse from the parent. They need to do it. When you get into human life, then they need care and they need watching. And, and you, know, you know, not just for a few months, but, but years. Sometimes it's 18, 20 years. Not that they're on the bottle all the time, but they need a lot of help. They really do. And they don't think they do. That's the problem. It's only when they get older and they say, hey, uh, I, I, mom and dad got a lot more than I thought they did. But you know, there's one species that's even higher than human life. That's a child of God. I need him every day, every hour. I need him. I need to draw from him. He's the breasted one. I, I need to feed on him. Listen, Jesus did not come to save the righteous. He came to save sinners. He came to save the lost. He came, the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. God's attributes of Savior, of Redeemer, they could only be expressed when there was a negative condition. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 42, if you will. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit on him. 
He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax he shall not quench. He shall bring forth judgment or unto truth. Now, who is he speaking of? Christ. Christ who came in the flesh, who suffered as we suffered, who became a kinsman, who went through everything that you and I go through. He suffered disappointment. He suffered discouragement. He suffered loneliness. You won't find the word lonely so much in the Bible or loneliness. But I'll tell you what, one thing this segregation has done, it's created a lonely, lonely world. You go the number of times, the Bible doesn't talk about it that way, but it talks about then he was alone, then she was alone. You write the word alone in, into the Bible and you search a loneliness. Loneliness can be a terrible curse. It can be a very grievous thing because we were meant to interreact, not just with our heavenly Father, but with one another. And the devil's there to cut that off. He knows that's a lifeline between you and God. But he also knows it in a church. That's why we're doing everything we can to bring streaming, to bring connection. God bless our deacon brothers who, who make it a point to contact different ones. If you've been missed out, don't, don't sit back there. Nobody's phoned me. Listen, make yourself friendly. Connect with somebody. Don't, don't wallow in, in a pity party. You know, and, and I just say this. Don't, don't sit back and, and, and fall into the devil's trap of hanging your head. Lift up the, your head. Lift up the heavy hands. Lift up those things that are discouraged. Begin to thank God. I'll tell you what, there's power in that. This is not a message of positive thinking. This is truth. This is Christ up there in the spirit. But it's Christ in your brother and in your sister. I'll tell you what. This COVID is not just a curse in the physical, but it's trying to curse us and fragment us and separate us. You know, you talk about disappoint, discourage, dismay. It's also there to disseminate, to dismantle. But I'll say this, God is greater than that. God will not be disappointed. He will not be discouraged. And his people will not be discouraged. If you're here this morning, God bless you. You didn't come here just to hear a message or psychology, but you came here to hear the word of the Lord. Verse 4. He shall not fail nor be discouraged. COVID is no match for God. The world rules and regulations are no match for God. He is greater than all these things. Now, I, I always marvel. God dealt with somebody right as winter was coming. And the river was frozen over. But that didn't stop that man. He spoke to the queen of Sheba who lived miles away. Maybe had to go through three-month journey and, and all kinds of things. That didn't stop her. Robbers didn't stop her. When the Spirit says, come, I came. I followed his bidding. I followed him. And not just one time, but many times. To church, 
to put on a tape, to enter into prayer, to connect with him. Jesus had to spend much time in prayer to stay in fellowship with the spirit that was in him. We also have to make an effort to communicate, to text. I'll tell you what, if the world is out there texting and they're advertising and they're getting their message out, I think we need to do the same. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And if, it's, if that tree is there, let's use it for good. Text a brother. Text a sister. Encourage them. Lift them up. You know, we can't go out and witness the same way. So we've had some brothers who had it on their heart, and we're, we're, we're putting something together. We're going to try and do it in, in, in a little bit of a way and, and try to do things. And it's been on the heart of certain brothers in this congregation to get the message out. And I say, God bless them. Let's do what we can. All right, thank you. I got a couple of amens there. That's wonderful. Are you happy to be a Christian? You know, we sing the sang, song. We sing the sang. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, you're a musician. You know, I was thinking of that quote. You're a musician and you got headaches. It's only if you're playing bad that you get headaches. So I'd get headaches probably. But anyway, you know, I think of that quote, I'm happy in the Lord anyway. So I, I'm not waiting for the conditions to change to get happy. I'm happy in the Lord anyway. Whatever state you're in this morning, be content therewith. Whatever state you're in, you're a free moral agent. Ah, this and this and this. And when that changes, then I'll praise the Lord. Start by praising the Lord now. You can change the situation by lifting your hands, by praising God. You know, I watch people in the congregation. I say, clap your hands. They stay there like this. Have you ever tried? Have you ever tasted and seen what this will do? Have you ever tried opening your mouth when you sing? It actually makes a difference. Don't think that I don't see it. I see it. We're going to turn the camera around on all of you one day, and we're going to go up and down the pews, and then we'll see who sings and claps their hands. Ah, it's not, don't worry about it. I won't do it. You're a free moral agent. Do it out of your heart. Even if you don't feel like it, do it anyway. Offer the sacrifice of praise. Maybe this is on a more evangelistic level this morning, so be it. He will not fail nor be discouraged. Verse 5, thus saith God the Lord that created the heavens and stretched them out. He that spreads forth the earth and which, which comes out of it. He gives breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. I the Lord have called thee in righteousness. I will hold thine hand and I will keep thee. And give thee for a covenant of the people and for a light to the Gentiles. Verse 7. To open the blind eyes. There had to be somebody blind first. To bring out the prisoners from the prison. And to them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Oh, I'm so glad he's opened my eyes. I'm so glad he's loosed the shackles. The things I was bound to. The things I, that this flesh was addicted to. I'm so glad for what he's done. And he's still doing it. You know what? He's still loosing those chains. He's still taking things away. That's why I'm here. You're your minister? Yeah, I need it as much as anybody else does. Faith comes out of extreme situations. Daniel said, they that know their God shall do exploits. Now, an exploit is not necessarily going from your heated garage, turning the keys to your car, and driving to church when it's 
plus four, five today. Thank God for the weather. That's not an exploit. Just so you know. Just so you know. We saw an exploit this morning. But an exploit is to go when it isn't comfortable, to, to go when it isn't, isn't convenient. You know, perfect faith is the master of all circumstances. Perfect faith is to serve God when everything is not right. When everything is not right at home and when everything is not right in my life and, and whether there's money in the bank or there's not money in the bank, perfect faith goes above all of those things. You know, I've, I've, lately I, I've just, God just dropped into my heart in a little way. You know, I don't know. Sometimes there's this obstacle. How is this going to work out this week? I don't know. And then I just look to the end and I say, Lord, I believe my name was there in the Lamb's Book of Life. I feel that pull, I felt that call, and I'm on that journey. I don't know about this bump in the road this week. I don't know about this situation. But Lord, somehow, I'm going to look back and it's going to seem nothing along the way. And Father, I don't know how you'll do it, but I thank you for it. And Lord, I'm just going to be happy and serve you and thank you for it. Oh, friends, there's overcoming life. Faith comes out of extreme situations. The conditions of Laodicea were so extreme, but yet God chose out of this age, he was going to bring forth a bride. My wife and I were out walking and we're just talking about how people are dressed and, and I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. I don't know whether to throw up. I don't know what to do sometimes anymore. And, I, and, and, and we just said, they're completely blind. They haven't looked in the mirror before they left the house. They don't know what they're doing. And I say this, that's you and I if it had not been for the intervention of divine grace. You know, if God had not done this, where would we be? I, I, I marvel also, you know, and, and we all talk about faith, and I'm, I'm going to reconcile situations and things together. You know, Brother Branham would talk about his meetings and he would say that quite often he would have a service in the afternoon because he didn't want to, you know, he was out on an on a evangelistic field. He didn't go out with other people somewhere. But he said he would have his afternoon meeting. So the morning service would dismiss and all the people were dressed nice and they walked out. And he says, and then Brother Branham's people came in. And there was wheelchairs, there was halt, there was maimed. There, there was those that had come from the insane asylum. There was those, that's who was coming to hear the word. That's who was coming to hear what was going on. Let, listen, let's just go in the Bible. Luke chapter 14, I'll just lay a few scriptures here. I, don't, I, I need to keep moving along quickly here, but Luke chapter 14, verse 16. And a certain man made a great supper, and he bade many, and he sent his servants at supper time, the evening time, to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. And one said, I bought a piece of ground. I must needs and go see to it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yokes of oxen, and I go to prove thee. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. 
Now, these may all be legitimate reasons, but they aren't when it's compared to eternal life, when it's compared to this call. Are you going to let a friendship stand between what God is calling you to? Are you going to let a piece of real estate stand between that? Are you going to let a husband or a wife stand between eternal life? You can't save your husband or wife. Only God can. You can still be everything you can, create the right atmosphere, create the right place for those things to happen, but only God can save them. And he says, I, I, I've got this, this deal cooking. I can't come right now. And, and so, do you think the Lord, the, 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 the man who made the supper was happy to hear this? No, that was the first pull. So now he says, now the master, verse 21, then the master of the house being angry said, Go quickly in the streets and the lanes of the city. Bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. Now, now the call is going to go a little deeper. It's going to go a little further into the miry clay. Go and call these people. I don't care what condition they're in. They're going to get furnished a wedding robe just the same as everybody else. This great feast that's going to be there. And, and so the servant did exactly this. He said, Lord... It is done as thou hast commanded, and still there is room. And then the Lord said unto him, Go into the highways, the hedges. Compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. And then, that's a wonderful thing, but he says, None of these men that were bidden shall taste of my supper. You know, God will bypass all the fine places, those that are cultured, those that are there. I say, let's not fall into that. Let's always find that channel that we can be a witness and we can be a help. You know, if I can say this about the kingdom of God, it, it doesn't come with programs of, of okay, you know, you know, we're not reformers. Let me say it that way. We're not here to get people just to dress right and meet the dress code. And, you know, I know we all need to wear a mask and you're given a mask if you don't come in. But, but beyond that, it, it, it's, it's a one-to-one -one relationship. It's a burden of the heart. You know, it, it's, it's not like our deacons have a program and a list. Somebody feels it on their heart, they go and call somebody. They talk to somebody. It, it's a result of a direct interaction with God. It's a direct result. Brother Harold will call somebody. It's because it's on their heart. And why, why do we do these things? Because we're a part of a body. We're part of what Christ is. We feel for one another. And we feel for those that are not in. We feel for those that are out there. And sometimes, once in a while, you know, you can look with disdain off the edge of your nose at somebody, how they're dressed and how they're acting. But you can also look a different way. And as Brother Branham would say, Poor little fella. If only he would know. I, I thought that when Jacqueline Kennedy was there, and he'd say, you know, maybe she wouldn't have that water if she had haircut if somebody would tell her about it the right way. We, got, we can't lose the feeling for the people. You know, sometimes God brings us low so we can operate on that level. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm moving along, but I'm, I'm not where I need to be. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, we'll just pick it up there. Let's just, I could read much of this. You can read from verses 35 to 50, but let's, let's just go verse 36. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, that thou sowest not that the body shall be, but bear grain, that it may chance bear wheat or some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it had pleased him, and to every seed of his own body. So he talks about now, 
Not all flesh is the same. I, I'm just going to paraphrase some of this. There's celestial bodies, terrestrial bodies. One has a certain glory, one has the other. Verse 42, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is shown, it is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. So it's not, there, there has to be a dying out. Yes, this place that I came out of, the ways I was taught, even in a Christian home. You still, if you try to serve God by a carnal intellectual nature, it has to die. It has to come to a death in order for new life to come forward. Listen, I need your help this morning. It is sown a natural body. Sorry, it is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Out of weakness, they were made strong. It is sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body. There's a spiritual body. And, and, and Paul would go into talking. Verse 50. Now I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit in, in corruption. Now, I need to just address this a little bit in, in another way. Because let, let me just take something quickly from Brother Branham's point of view. Because... We carry a picture with us. You know, a prophet's going to come. God's going to just call him out of something. And he's going to stomp on the scene. Brother Branham carried that image when he went standing in the gap. That's, he called, and God had to say, you know, you're greater than those prophets. You can't do it that way. But we have an image. A prophet's going to come. And, and the religious world in particular thought, well, oh, surely it'll come out of our camp. Surely it'll come out of this. But let me, let me read how Brother Branham would talk about his own life. And, he, and, he, and, and if you ever listen to life's story, you talk about the miry clay. And he says, my father was an, an uneducated person. He couldn't write his name. We were raised in the mountains of Kentucky. My mother, her father, was a school teacher. He got a fairly good education. And he says... Most of the children got their education in the cornfield with a gooseneck hoe cutting out freebers and weeds. I know what weeds are. I didn't know what freebers are. And he said, we had a very hard time raised very poor. Now, God chose that as the bedding ground for the greatest ministry that ever would be. And I don't think Brother Branham ever forgot it. In fact, he bore the scars of it along the way. He said, 20 years ago, as a boy, I found Jesus Christ dear to my heart as a Savior. I've loved him ever since. But he goes on to say this, I've had many hard struggles. Not just his boyhood. Now, all of you know my life has not been a flower bed of ease. It's been one struggle after another. And he, and he would talk about it even in regard to his mother. And he would say, and I, 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 I'm going to this morning, and I'm going to say some of my burden this morning comes as a result. Brother Paul was here, and he was speaking to us all, Brother Paul Dirksen, you know, on, on, on the word and the order of the family and the order of a marriage and the order of all of these things. And, and, and we get this idea of this perfect, perfect image that we've got to attain to. But yet many of us aren't there this morning. And it isn't always, 
that, that, that we should be. Brother, Brother Adam would talk about, well, let me, let me just come to it in a bit. You know, the world has this idea. I remember we, we had a girl first and then we had a boy. And I was telling somebody at work, a client, and he goes, wow, great, a girl and a boy. You got a million-dollar family. I go, what does that mean? Well, it's perfect. That's all you need. You're set. They got an image. And then we had our third, and they looked at me and says, do you guys know what you're doing? Yeah, we know what you're doing. Yeah, we know. And, and, and so the world has this image, but we can get this image. We can even get this image and say, Okay, we're in the third pole, therefore I'm going to have this structured, and this structured, and that structured, and everything's going to be in perfect order. I'm sorry if I'm not speaking to anybody. Uh, there maybe is only one or two that it applies to here this morning. I'm sorry, just the rest of you bear with me while one or two of us feed on this, okay? Thank you. Good. No. You talk about, hey, I could go back in the Old Testament you talk about troubles in the family? Hey, Abraham listens to his wife and goes and takes his concubine. And there's fighting in the home. And he's the father of the faith. Not only that, but then there comes Rebecca who deceives Isaac and has twins and they're each at each other's throat. God's perfect family. Listen, if you can't say amen, just smile I can see it under the mask. I can see it. You know, the one thing I can see outside of the mask is when you frown. <laughs> I can see that. Okay, are you, are you all here this morning? Listen, life does not come from a state of perfection, or, or neither does that state of protection according to our vision of it. The heroes of faith did not have perfect backgrounds. Listen, I need to preach this this morning. Even if you have everything in order and you think it's perfect, I'll tell you what, God also needs something to express another part of himself. He talks about his mother. He says, here she is in her old age with wrinkles, maybe on crutches or a wheelchair. But she's in the resurrection. She's being restored to her youth. That's the way I like to think of her mother. Not according to what he sees. I says, life hasn't been easy for her. And if I could live all over, I'd do it different for her. Brother Branham would talk about the, the age. Well, he, he talks about this. Uh, it's in the message, I believe, uh, uh, trans... Um, God trans, being transformed, I, I think if I can find it. My goodness, I'm, I'm not finding it. Here, let me, if I can't get it. But there's a little woman that's sitting there, and she's, 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 in, she's in the, yeah, here it is, power of transformation. And he says, he's, here, he's there preaching, he's talking. Listen, listen to how he says this. Everything is under control, under, his seed is under his word, and his word is a seed. Therefore, everything would bring forth under its kind, transforming only to his kind. If we could only learn that, what part of the word we are, we must take our place no matter what it is. He says, there's this little sister here in the wheelchair sitting right in front of him. 
How many faithful prayers has been made over her? We don't understand it. We just commit it to God. And he says this about her. He gives this amazing testimony. She's a flower here among you. With her pleasantness and everything. See, we can get up and go around how she would long to do that. But yet she's pleasant. Just the way she is. Oh, what an attitude. Listen, I don't know how many of you knew Brother Wicks from Saskatoon. Brother Wicks, he had a serious accident. It, it, you could almost say it deformed part of his body. He went through many things. But if you knew Brother Wicks, he never asked for pity. And whatever he was in, he would be encouraging others. Why? There was beyond the circumstances of life, there was a seed, word, faith coming out. Whatever state you're in, be there with content. Paul would actually speak this about uh, marriage relationships. Hast thou a wife? Don't seek. No. Are thou looser a wife? Seek not another, he says. Art thou, you know, and, he, and he goes on to say it in, in things. In other words, commit it to God. Allow him to work it out. I, 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 I hate to mention names. But I, I think we need to honor some of those that have done what they've done. I'm sorry, Brother Dale. But Brother Dale almost single-handedly raised two daughters, sacrificed his life, committed them to God, and he has two wonderful daughters who are married, serving God. I'll tell you what, there's a great reward for that. Now, it could have been done in some other way, and he could have said, you know what, tough bananas. No, he didn't do that. And he sacrificed. Now I'll say this. That is a hero of the faith. Now I'm not just singling out one man. I'm saying there are others among us in different situations. Paul would talk in the books of Corinthians. He talks about the natural body. And he says there are our comely parts. That means our beautiful parts. So that which we like to pay attention to. So the natural body. I'll tell you what. Your hair. Your face. You know, that may get a lot of attention. But how much attention did you give your liver this morning? I'm just asking the question. You know what helps the liver? Laughter. (laughs) Yeah. You know, how much attention? But you know what? Take the liver out. What good is that hair going to do? What good is all this going to do? And all the face cream and everything else you put on. And just face cream, not makeup, just talking moisturizers and youth things and all of those kind of things. I'll tell you what, there are parts of the spiritual body of Christ that we don't, we maybe develop a stigma. Listen, I, I hope I'm okay this morning with all of this. I grew up in a home where my mother had a stigma. Now she did everything in her power for us as children. But she was separated from her husband. He was not a believer. And she didn't have a car to drive us to church. 
and she felt a stigma about asking anybody for a ride. And I remember when Brother Alphonse Paulberg had the church on, in the Highlands Masonic Hall. We happened to live five blocks away, and we walked to that church because that's all the means we had. And I would say it was less than perfect, but you know what? It was faith coming through that situation. And I thank God for all she put aside. And later when I was converted, I actually taught my mother how to drive. Yeah. I took her to Young Drivers of Canada. <laughs> and, and I took her, and, and, and they came in, and usually it was teenagers, uh, parents bringing in their teenagers, and it was me bringing my mother in. And to her credit, she learned to drive. She forced herself. And she did that so she wouldn't be a burden on the rest of the body. I still remember hanging two tennis balls in the garage because it was tight and it was narrow. And when the windshield hit those tennis balls, stop! It worked. No front-end damage ever. But you know what? Faith was born out of that circumstance. And I respect that, and I honor that to this day. It wasn't comfortable. It wasn't easy. But that was faith. Amen. And we need to thank God for those. And then sometimes I say this, whoever's under the blood of Jesus Christ, you have no reason by your situation to look down on them in any way. They are your brother. They are your sister. We are all on an equal platform. So let's not get lifted up. Is this all right this morning? Let's level the playing field. There are some here that are single because of the gospel. Maybe separated from a spouse. Because of the gospel. That man that went into the tank, or into the tank. Well, it was a tank, I guess. He, he separated himself. Brother Branham says... How many faithful prayers for this sister? She's a flower among you. She would love to do that. And yet she's pleasant just the way she sits in a wheelchair. And listen to what Brother Ram says. I always get inspired to watch the little lady. Brother Dale, your life has inspired me. Others that are here that are standing alone and come faithful service after service, your life inspires me. God bless you. We don't understand this. We all believe in healing. We see God do miracles far beyond that. She knows that too, but she's willing to take her place for the gospel's sake. Does that mean she would never be healed? No, she could be healed. We have a brother, we don't see him very often, but Brother Nathaniel Smith went through a severe, tragic accident. He was in a wheelchair. He forced himself to use crutches. He forced himself to walk. He forced himself to communicate. He forced himself, and we still text. He sends me clips and things, and I text him back, and I say, he's an example. That no circumstance will stand between serving God and whatever situation you're in. I trust you're okay with where I'm going here this morning. Don't let anything stand in your way. Brother Bannon would talk about this, 
a little further, and he talks about our picture or our vision that we carry. Sometimes we, we carry a, a picture that's, you know, that's the ideal picture, and, you know, we, we try to measure things amongst ourselves, by ourselves, and we, we try to carry us, you know, and, and, and we, we even do that with the world sometimes, you know. You know, it's, it's such a nice feeling time of year, and the world's happy. Well, listen, that doesn't mean you need to be a Grinch. Seriously. I, I always thought, you know, there'll be those that'll be good to the bride that will enter to eternal life. Give them a reason to be good to you. Don't frown at them. Don't belittle them. Sometimes you need to rebuke them, but you need to give them a reason to be good. Brother Brown says, don't lean their way. Don't learn their ways. Keep away from them. Now he's talking the worldly ways, the worldly ways. Don't be dismayed. Dismay comes from the word of discouragement. The unbelievers are discouraged by the signs that are happening. He says, when you talk about signs and wonders, our church don't believe that. He says, don't learn their ways. They're dismayed with the signs of the heathen. Jeremiah 10 verse 2. Don't be dismayed. They're discouraged. Signs discourage them and dismay them. It encourages the believer. Now, Brother Adam would say this. He knows your needs. He knows how to bring it to you. The trouble of it is, because it doesn't come the way we think it ought to come, then we get discouraged. Well, if God is going to deal with, with this situation, it'll be this way, and then when it doesn't happen, we think, oh, you know what you need to do? We need to say, our God is a bigger God than this peanut brain, this little vision that I got. God's vision, His ways are beyond our ways. His, his thoughts are beyond our thoughts. He knows how to deal with your wayward son or daughter. He knows how to bring them in. Commit it to God. Carry a right attitude and leave it up to Him. It's not our business to dress them up and to do this. Yeah, when they're young, you got to do it. But not when they're 25. We got to give room for the Holy Spirit. We got to give place for God. And how do you do it? Create an atmosphere. Live the right kind of a life. If you're a mother, be a mother. Don't try and be a preacher. If you're a husband, be a husband. If you're a wife, be a wife. The devil is deadly with discouragement. We come in with high expectations. We look for a prayer to be answered. It doesn't come that way. And then we immediately go, well, I guess I'll just go fishing. I guess I'll go dig into that chocolate bar again. I guess I'll just go shopping. Yeah. Why don't you thank God? I don't know how the answer is going to come, Lord, but like Daniel, it could be on its way. It might take a long time to get here, but Lord, I believe you're going to do it. Out of the miry clay, God's bringing something forward. He knows how to bring it to pass. So let's ask him and believe that he will send it just the way he sends it. But sometimes we put ourselves in a special class. You know, God's going to do it. He's going to heal me in a special meeting. How do you know he's going to heal you in a special meeting? 
you know what? I, I, I need water at our property. And I, I can call up the city and talk to the mayor and says, Mr. Mayor, I want water at my property. He says, okay, I'll send it to you. And I can wait for the mayor to show up every day. And he doesn't show up. And I call him up, Mr. Mayor. He says, no, we checked. The lines, the plumbing, everything's working to bring it to your house. That wasn't the way I wanted it. Does it sound like anybody in the Bible? It's like Naaman. Well, if the prophet's going to come out, he's going to pray a prayer of faith over me, and it's going to be this way. But instead, he sends out the servant. You're looking for the special meeting, the big prayer line. But sometimes he just sends a local minister. Sometimes he sends your brother and your sister. Oh, this is wrong in my life. I need special attention. And he sends somebody who just calls you. How are you doing, brother? No, I'm, I'm waiting for special attention. Uh, you're getting it. Uh, it was on my heart. God dropped it on my heart this morning to talk to you. You know, friends, God working in the body, it's not us trying to figure and work things out for one another. My, oh my, our time is just slipping by. Brother Branham would talk about Moses, this great servant of God. God chose him for his work at his birth. He had a life that was very difficult to be lived because he's a man. He wants to live it one way, and the Spirit of God leads him another. What foolish decisions seemingly he would make. Then with his foot on the throne to be the heir of the God, he becomes an outcast or wanderer. What a great lesson, he says. Men who follow the Spirit are foolish to the world, and they're foolish to their own thinking. Why did I do that? I just was God. I couldn't help it. Listen, sometimes you have to bypass this and follow this. Sometimes you, you can't follow on your mental conception, but you've got to follow that which God makes real to your heart. Now, I, I, I really need to, there's an aspect of this, and, and I'm, I'm going to touch on a part of it, not all of it in this service, but I, I, I want you to go with me to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10. You know, the law was a shadow of good things to come, can you give me about 10 minutes? I, I'm just coming close to noon, but I, I just need, need this just for a few minutes. Sure. Deuteronomy, are you good with, I needed to set this up so that we can all be on the same field. You know, and, and sometimes I would say this, having begun in the Spirit, don't, don't continue in the natural. Stay in the Spirit. Humble yourself. You know, I, 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 got it, I got my plan all mapped out. Now I'm in the message. Next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get married in such such a date. I'm going to have this kind of a child, one of those, one of that gender, one of that gender. And then God upsets the apple cart. Commit it to God. He knows better than this does. Is that right? I'll tell you what. We need to pray for God's will in everything we do. In everything we do. The right kind of job, the right kind of mate, the right kind of friends, right kind of church. Deuteronomy chapter 10, if you will. Now, I'm setting a principle because the law was a shadow of good things to come. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Let's just pick this up. Uh, let's just go verse 17, Brother Mark, if you can. For the Lord your God is a God of gods, a Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty, a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. So he doesn't see 
if, if you, what you're standing is in the church, in the community, he doesn't regard those things. Verse 18, he doth ex execute the judgment of the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the stranger in giving him food and raiment. Now that's really an odd kind of application. Verse 19, love you therefore the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And we have a hard time when we meet somebody from another church, and we kind of are standoffish. Where did that come from? Where is the love of God? And I say this to my own shame, because sometimes the human element rises up. And we just heard it on the tape on Wednesday. Get to the spot that you love everybody. Get to a place where it's, it's unfettered, un, unbiased. It's just love that comes from your heart. That's the place we need to get to. Pure religion and undefiled is this. Love God. Give, uh, no, I, I, it's in James. Give to the widows. Do this and such. Brother Man would just tell it in such a way. It's amazing that it goes to that level. No, I thought pure religion was to get all the doctrines right and to have a perfect understanding of all of these things. No, it has to manifest in a greater way. My, oh my, there's not a lot of shouting this morning. They'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Anyway, love you therefore the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Now, I, I, I think that's amazing. He talks in specific, he says the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. Let's just go to another scripture, Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 14. We're going to pick this up. Verse 28, at the end of three years thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thine increase the same year. Thou shalt lay it up within the gates. And the Levite, because he has no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come, and shall eat, and be satisfied. For what purpose? That the Lord may bless thee in all the work of thine hand which thou doest. And sometimes we are so self-serving and we uh, try to take care of ourselves, make sure we're in order, when the Bible says, let not your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And God, knowing those Jewish people, when he told them, when you have a field, don't pluck it dry. Leave some for the stranger and the fatherless and the widow. And we ought to leave some of our our feastings and our goodness and our things for those that are among us because they benefit from the body also. Do you have a little extra joy in your heart? Share it with somebody. Do you have a little extra hospitality in your heart? Share it with somebody. It's not a program. It comes from the heart. It comes from God. It comes from the right place. Go on to Deuteronomy 16. Just jump over a little bit. I'm taking a pr principle. Deuteronomy 16, verse 11, And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, thou and thy son and thy daughter and the manservant. Now what is he talking? He's putting the son and the daughter and the manservant and the maidservant all together with the Levite that was in the gates and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are among you 
in the place which the Lord thy God has chosen to place his name there. In other words, God puts all of these on the same playing field. And you shall remember that you were a bondman in Egypt, and you shall observe and do these statutes. Now, this is just before the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, Let's go over to Deuteronomy 24. These are God in type and in shadow setting forth to where we are. Deuteronomy 24, verse 19. Uh, Let's go to verse 18. Sorry, Brother Mark. Thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. You came out of the world. And the Lord thy God redeemed thee thence. Therefore, I command thee to do this thing. When thou cuttest down thine harvest in the field and hast forgotten a sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, that the Lord God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. And when thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger and for the fatherless and the widow. And when thou gatherest the grapes of thy vineyard, thou shalt not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger and for the fatherless and for the widow. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command thee to do this thing. Humble yourself. Let me, let me give you an example. Brother Branham... He went through an experience, and, and it was a situation that he went to. I'm going to share this with you, because I need to bring it to reality level. Brother Bannon was going to a meeting to, with Brother Moore, and he says, and my beloved brother, daughter, and wife, and all of them was long, and I had my suitcase that some folks gave me many years ago in California, and I just bought a new suit. I had it in the suitcase, and I had an old one on, and I laid it on top of the car, driving fast through Louisiana. All at once, when we got there, the suitcase wasn't on top. He lost his suitcase with his new suit in it. It was gone. I didn't even have a pocket handkerchief. I was so discouraged. You know what? We get so upset because somebody scuffed our car. Or somebody got our upholstery a little bit something. Or somebody, or I lost this or I left that. Listen, I don't know if it's like you, but I don't know how many times I've left my car and walked into the mall and I go up to the front and it says this mask sign and I go all the way back and I get the mask. It's happened many times. I'm getting a lot of extra steps in every day doing that. Anyway, he says, so he couldn't find this suitcase. I didn't even have a pocket. I was very much discouraged. Then I said, oh, the Lord will take care of that. Why? He'd committed his whole life to God. All my wardrobe complete was in it, besides my overalls at home. And, and somebody said, Brother Branham, I'm going to go out and buy you a new suit. And I said, no, it's all right. Brother Branham, you don't have a chance. That was lost way up in the road. There's lots of colored people that live that way. Oh, man, you talk about racial profiling. And he says, now the first thing, some man will come along, he'll find the suitcase. And I said, well, they might find my Bible and my name is in it. If he found that suitcase, Brother Branham, the thing they'll do is they'll sell those suits. Now look, one is a carnal viewpoint. One is a viewpoint from the mind of God. And he says, well, maybe he needs it worse than I do. Oh. Listen, I'm sorry if this is just so simple and down at home. Uh, This is where we're at. And he says, because the Lord gave them to me, maybe he needs them worse and the Lord's giving it to them. 
Let not your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Oh, I went to get the deal at the mall, and, 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 and the last one was gone. Ah! My life is over. Have you ever thought somebody needed it more than you? Yeah. They sold out, and they don't even have any rain checks. <sighs> Sorry if that hit somebody between the nose, but... <laughs> Well, he says, maybe they need it worse. If he found my Bible and he knew, knew me, he'd bring it back in. No, Brother Brandon. If a sinner finds it, he'll sell the clothes. And then I said, if a Christian finds it, maybe he'll cut my suit up and send them out for prayer cloths. My, you talk about a good attitude. I, I, listen, friends, this is a down home. I, I won't be much longer, just... Uh, there's a parts of this I won't get to today, but so I said, Brother Adam, you don't have a chance. And I said, We'll just trust the Lord. Two days later, Brother Brown comes over and he says, I want in on this too. I absolutely want to get you new suits. I said, No, the Lord will provide somehow. Two or three days passed. We met the police down there, and I'll go up the road looking for it. His, he met a policeman, and his mother had been healed in my meetings. And he says, and he mentioned it to him. He said, certainly I'll look for it. So one of the state police, we told him we lost it way up in the swamps of Louisiana, maybe a hundred, two, three hundred mile stretch. The next day, Brother Jack was going to buy me a suit, of clues, a suit of clothes, a thousand miles from home, no clothes, no nothing. And he said, what are you going to do without even a handkerchief or a clean shirt? I said, the Lord will take care of that. This is the prophet to the generation. And he says, so I went over to Brother Brown's. I got the suit of clothes. The phone rang, and, a, and, a, and an old color brother called up. Is this Brother Brown? Tell him I does found his suitcase. And, and, and I was on my way. And I said, trust the Lord. Amen. All things work for good. You can't lose when you become a Christian. You just can't lose. Trust in him. Whatever ways it goes, keep your sails set to his spirit. He will guide you into the harbor. It will be all right. So I don't know if this is for somebody who's lost some clothes or something. I remember one time we lost a, a suit jacket at the tailor. They couldn't find it. They came back and they gave me a voucher. And it was just a suit jacket. I was able to get a whole suit with the voucher. I thank God for it. Praise the Lord. All things work for good. Okay. Let me, let, me, I, I, let me just take this as I just got into Deuteronomy 26. Just, just to finish the thought and then we'll close. Okay. Deuteronomy 26 verse 12. And when thou hast made an end of tithing all the tithes of thine the year of tithing and you've given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow that you may eat within thine gates and be filled... Then thou shalt set before the Lord, I have brought the hallowed things out of mine house. I have given them unto the Levite, to the stranger, to the fatherless, and the widow. Now, Paul would, would, the Bible would talk about it actually in the book of Job. And he would talk about how grievous it was. His accusers came to Job and they said, you haven't helped out the widows. You've left the arms of the fatherless broken. Ezekiel, Exodus 22 would say, you shall not afflict the widow or the fatherless child. Now this is an aspect 
of, of, of life that exists. And, and he says, Job would answer, if I withheld or caused my eyes, let cause the widow to fail. You know, so it was a grievous thing in the sight of God to neglect that. And in fact, in the book of Acts, they, as the gospel was breaking forth and the ministers were taking care of those things and doing those things, it was taken away from the gospel. Out of that need came the need for deacons. Out of this clay arose God doing something. And so, out of, out of all of these things, and, and I would just say, David would say, relieve the fatherless. In other words, now, it isn't like you got to do it, but it's, it's from your heart. It's like it was, you know, don't cut everything down. Just, just be. Friends, I don't know if we know we understand what some of the people who are single in our congregation, whether it be by widow or, or by separation or things, it can be lonely. And I think we need to recognize and I say, bestow on them more abundant honor. Not, not, not to make a case out of it, but just naturally. Do it because the love of God is in your heart. You know, I've always appreciated the example, and I don't know what we'll be able to do at Christmas this year, but invite somebody over that is not your family, that is not from your selected list. Invite somebody and just make them a part of everything. Include somebody in your conversation. Include them. Listen, I'm not going to get to the rest of this. Let's have the musicians come. I'm, I'm bringing a principle out of the miry clay. There's, there's another part of this message I'm going to bring forth. But I, I, I trust this morning, friends, let's, let's be simple. Let's be a humble people. Let's, let's just serve God. Let's serve one another. As you serve one another, you serve God. God has put all of these things before us. And I'm going to say this to those who are in a situation. There was a woman in the Bible who had been a widow for over, I don't know, 60, 80 years or whatever it was. Her name was Anna. And the Bible doesn't tell us much about her other than she was in the temple of God fasting and praying. And when the Messiah came, she was one that bore witness of it. Now, she set in motion things that happened. Let me say this. Hattie Wright was also like that. You look in the Bible, there were widows. The widows of Zarephath had Elijah come to her house. The widow whose husband died, who was of the priests, and, and ran out of money and funds, Elisha came and performed a great miracle in her house. God sends to them. Hattie Wright, who was in her condition, we all point to the part of perfect faith. She said the right thing, and we all practice our words. Let me say the right thing, let me say the right thing, let me say the right thing, let me say the right thing. Actually, what Hattie Wright did, she was willing to give more than five to six months of her salary to the building of a tabernacle. And Brother Branham was going to hold her back from doing that. She wasn't bemoaning her situation. She had two unsaved boys. She had this and this. But what she did do was she gave of herself to God. So let's not bemoan our situation. Let's give ourselves. There is something we can all do no matter what state we're in. And I believe it was because she did that 
That's why that miracle came to her house. It set in her the right form and the right framework. Let's stand together. Friends, we need to have the same thing. We need to be like an Anna. We need to be like a Hattie Wright. We need to be, and if you're, whatever condition you're in this morning, just thank God. He'll make it work out right. Brother Brandon would say, he'd even talk about relationships. He'd say, and that's another service, but he'd say, you might get the wrong one here, but over there, God will make everything right. I had a testimony of a sister I met personally in Jeffersonville. I won't share it this morning, but she shared with me something that was so deeply personal and Brother Branham would talk about and it had to do with the life after versus the life here. And she said, that's what I'm waiting for. Over there, everything will be right. Amen. The God of the mountain. Can we sing that this morning? Life is easy when you're up on the mountain. of mine like you've never